Hello, fellow Gritizens. Do you believe in your ability to navigate life's obstacles, but you're not always sure where to start? Well, lend us your ear, because here on our Grow My Grit podcast, we gather strength and inspiration from real people navigating real obstacles in real time with grit. My name is Peter Willis, coming in from Calgary, Alberta, together with our gritty guru, Hayes Shetmeyer, who is beaming in from Mississauga, Ontario. Here on the Grow My Grit podcast, our intention is to engage with guests and listeners who are ready to know, grow, and show their grit, perhaps best described as one's default settings in the face of obstacles, and what obstacles we faced since the beginning of 2020. However, one of the biggest opportunities available to us all is the possibility of recreating our identities and re-engaging our relationship to both ourselves and to one another using the unique strengths we already possess and reliably bring to challenging situations. With our individual grit compass as our guide, let's explore what's available on the other side of obstacles. Are you ready? Are you ready, Hayes? I am so ready, Peter. It is so wonderful to see you, and I'm so excited for what's coming next. Me too. Can you can you do some inter- introductions? I certainly will. So our listeners and Peter, our guest today is my friend Hunter George, who is a professional paddling coach at the Burlington Canoe Club, just managing and supporting and being there for elite athletes himself, his colleagues, his crew. And I was really excited about connecting Hunter and Peter because we often reference a lot of the sports analogies and really build that support system through understanding how we do hard things and how sports are a unique insight into doing hard things. So I was excited to hear A, from you in terms of knowing you through yoga, but also hearing about everything that allows you to support elite athletes and support your own performance and be available and have that grit. There's a physical element to your grit. There's a mental element. So just getting to know you and your grit sparked me up. So welcome, Hunter. <laughs> Thank you so much, Hayes. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. And thanks for asking me to be on. Um, I love coaching. I love sports. And I love you, Hayes. So it's been equally a pleasure to get to know you and uh, <laughs> and spend time with you. So thanks for having me. You're welcome. So I'd love to kick things off just if you can walk us through your grit, because a lot of the time we sometimes go back and forth, Peter and I, but I really want to get right to you. So if you can tell us and our listeners a little bit about how you define your grit, that would be a great kickoff for us. Um, My grit is defined. So my G word is gains. And do you want me to break down each each little section for you and why that was chosen for me? Yes, please. So gains... Um, and I spelled it with a Z. So a little bit of that gym bro vibe for sure with gains. Mm. But I really do approach each challenging situation. Like, what is the lesson here? So sometimes that is a physical. You're going to be stronger, fitter. Um, but other times, you know, it's a lesson that can be learned from a challenging situation. So there's always something to be gained from every from every interaction, every experience we have, whether it's a positive or a negative. And when I hone in on what the what the gain is in the situation. Um, that's usually how I inspire myself to start getting through an obstacle. Ooh. Gains. My R word is resilience. Resilience, and this is something that comes up in in sport a lot, like that grate your teeth, head down, and push through type of mentality that um, we tend to lean on a lot in physically demanding sports. And for me, that's been a huge part of my life, um, just toughing through. It's actually been a little mm-hmm. bit of a learning journey for me 
flipping that on like how I can, how I can try easy and, and um, what that opens up for me. But mm-hmm. in a challenge, resiliency is, is my, my R word. Mm. Um, my eyes were, if not now, when, and if not you, who, um, which is, I, and I kind of went back and forth on my I words between that little sentence and imagination, because I think both of those are really important grit words and important I grit words. But if not you, then who? If not now, then when? Is is a mantra that I that I truly do use in the in, in uh, the face of adversity or in the face of an obstacle, and that it gets me up my, off my butt and ready to go. Um, if not you, then who? Is like you are ready now. If not now, then when? Because I can be a bit of a procrastinator. That just reminds me, like, think it, do it. So now is the moment. Now is the moment to tackle that obstacle. Mm-hmm. And my T word is truth. Truth, as my T word brings me back to, like, what are the facts in the situation? Every time I've faced an obstacle in my life, there's the facts, there's the chat, the, the real challenge, and then there's the story um, that I create around around the obstacle. So often I'm building things up with. A story in my head, what could go wrong, um, all of those things come through and truth kind of can bring that back into perspective and like what are the real facts of the situation and then that makes it easier to, to create a plan. Oh my goodness. Those well, are my so great I'm, words. How did I do? Those are, fan- you did perfectly because you came up with words. That's the whole <laughs> point of this exercise is that okay. it's the, it's it's if you didn't have a word and you said, hey, Peter, can you help me with my words? That would have been a questionable outcome. But the fact that you did the work and you have your letters is you get 100% on knowing your grit. Thank you for it that. It was such a good exercise because it's like, I mean, putting it, having to choose words that start with each letter because I think that I use all those tools, but I've never framed it that way. So it was really an interesting and, and self-exploratory exercise for me to work through. So thank you for getting me to do that. You're so welcome. I'm going to jump in with one comment and then give it over to Peter because I love the energy that I just watched happen. We're on Zoom so we can see each other, but that's just what we do with each other. Um, so you're very welcome for creating the having the framework. This is what I love, the idea that we all have so much available to us. And it's when we take the time to frame it, it's now a package. It's now something that we can take with us. So I love that you were able to, to pull out what mattered to you. And what I loved about your answers, they're very objective. There was a very, a very reality bound sense in your words there was there was a lot of the times it's and it's not good or bad there's just the difference of opinion sometimes it's you know what's possible what's out there but your words reliably came back to what is and that's an interesting element to getting things done because there's less interest in what might be so i i was i was immediately struck by the objective nature of your words thank you for sharing over to you peter what are you thinking so the first thing for me was um, games with a Z um, uh, or a Z, um, and I th- I think it's pretty fascinating. I think uh, you know I'm listening to you talk, um, Hunter. You know, coming from a sports background, so like there's so much research and so much talk now about the gamification of everything, right? As a learning mechanism, which 
wasn't really available to us, I think, as kids. Like, it wasn't for me. When I think of how I learned and the things that I did, whether it was sports, I mean, granted, when you're a little kid and you're in Cub Scouts, everything's a game, right? But as you, as we got older, uh, whether it was cross country or track haze or whatever it was, right? Like, there, we didn't, nothing was gamified. When I was learning a, a process in school, nothing was gamified. It was, it was just such a different process. Um, and there's so much research now saying like gamification is definitely the way that we should be learning most of our stuff. Um, and I wonder like in, and I could see that and you can see like, you know, with my daughter with math and gamifying it with a couple of the game or apps and things and geography games on, on the computer and stuff. I mean, as well as having maps and things, there's just so many ways to help kids, uh, game of gamify things to learn, but in so, and I, and I, I can kind of see that. I just wonder with, in the sports side of things, you know, like, are you finding the same thing? Like, do you, like, how does that work? Cause I just remember just, it was essentially, you're just getting, you know, for lack of a better term, you're just getting smacked. Like you got to do it. You got to more laps, more laps, more laps, and nothing was gamified. And I just wonder if that translates into what you do, you know, like, how do you motivate kids? Like, is, are you using gamification to get your kids in the canoe club and stuff to do things, how does that respond in a in a in a physical sense? You know, I do love games, and for me, it comes down to performance and learning environment. So, as soon as we make a game of something, or, or we take out that performance environment element where they are on the stop clock, or or, or there's some kind of performance based outcome in the training sense. Um, we can open up more opportunity for, for what's possible in the practice, right? When we, for example, when we do time controls on the water, this is a, this is a, becomes a performance based environment. Like at the end of the day, you have to race someone. We have to know how fast you're going. Um, but if I can create a space where they don't go know their times, like maybe we don't know our times that day or, or just removing a little bit of that performance environment, that's really how I can gamify a practice to the best of my ability with the high performance athletes, with the yeah, younger yeah. kids, we are game, game, game all the time. Yeah. Um, because that's my first job is like getting you through the door. I need to make you want to come here before I can right. grind you through the ground. Right. That does come like the work does sure. come when we're a little bit older, but sure. um, with the majority of my group, my goal is to get you here as much as possible. Even when I was a teenager, every Saturday morning, we played a game. We played soccer. So we would come. We would yeah. do a hard workout. We would play a, a big soccer game, and we were all terrible soccer players because we're paddlers. Uh, <laughs> so we would run like crazy in the field. We'd kick the ball around. We'd have a great time. And then we'd go all out for breakfast. So leaving space in your program as a coach for games, for fun, it's so important. Like This is what people are spending most of their time doing. Uh, training right yeah. so yeah. there needs to be incentive to come and just enjoy the space with their friends and, and have a good time and training like you guys know is not always enjoyable yeah, yeah. i heard a, a, a one of my coaches once said a third of the time you spend here as a high performance athlete it might be a bit of a grind you know but two-thirds of the time like you should be having a pretty good time enjoying your training um and mm -hmm. if that two to one ratio starts to shift, then it's really time to look at the program, look at the coach, look at if you're in the right oh, spot, wow. if you're doing what you want to be doing. Um, yeah. But even Olympic performing athletes, I think that there's that two to one. Like if you're, if you're not enjoying two thirds of your training time, yeah. we have a problem. We have a serious problem. Yeah. 
Okay, so I have a question now on behalf of listeners and myself. Is your G word gains? G A I N Z or is it games? It was gains, like what is to be gained, but then that gamification question just got me on a second thought. Sorry, Peter. I was gonna Okay. I was but I love gamification. I love the idea of playing and in sport and incorporating that all year through. So I sort of went on a tangent there, but my G word is gains uh like what like, what can we gain from every situation can can okay. you okay th- which is awesome then so sorry for that that sidebar yeah, there that off ramp yeah. but that was still really fun to listen to for mm-hmm. me <laughs> mm-hmm. um so can you so for gains then can you how does uh, like how does that uh how, how do you apply that to uh to you you know how like, do how i apply gains um like in my training or in my coaching um, well, just in general. So you've cho- chosen uh, gains as your G yeah. word. So how does, yeah. why did you choose that word? I guess that's, that's really the, the basic So question. I ended up with gains because um, I, I truly think that we have something to learn from every situation we're in. And like, that can be a pretty tough pill to swallow when you're in down in, down in the mess, as they say, or you're mm-hmm. struggling through. But if I can just hone in on like, what am I getting out of this? Like, even if it's resiliency, even if it's, um, a tough lesson to learn. Like there's some kind of gain in every struggle. So that's why it ended up on my grit words. Um, mm-hmm. Just trying to hone in on like, what, what am I getting from this situation? Yeah. 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 And I appreciate that word. Again, I, I reference your objectivity of your words, but I, I tie into that gain hearing you speak is it's also a subjective element because what I consider to be a gain may not mean anything to you, but it's still something worth investing my time and effort, whereas something that you consider a gain. So I love it's subjective because you can, a gain is measurable. This took less time or this kind of, I, I had this conversation, Absolutely. gain is totally measurable, but it's, there's a subjective element Absolutely. to it that makes it personal. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes it's not what you expected. So sometimes you go into mm. a situation and what you're going to take out of it isn't what you were expecting to take out of it. You know, I've lost many more races than I've won. I've actually been on the winner is like one person, right? So you're going to lose way more races than you're going to win in your sporting Mm. career. So if you can't take a game, what's to gain from those second, thirds, last place finishes, then you're going to have a pretty challenging career. Like we have to pull motivation from every experience or it's a defeat. Right? It's only a defeat if you walk away and there's nothing learned from it. I love Rihanna. She's one of my favorite pop stars. And Rihanna has a tattoo that says something along the lines of uh, no mistakes, only lessons. And I love mm-hmm. that. Like, There's no mistakes. There's only lessons. And sometimes you have to dig a little bit deeper for what the lesson in a situation is or what the gain in a situation is. But it is always there. Whoa, that I love that. I've never know that about Rihanna. I don't follow many popular musicians, but I just love that whole idea where it's on you. Again, it's an obstacle. If it's a race, if it's a, if it's a botched conversation, it's on me as the participant. Part of my growth, part of my moving ahead, part of my making this something worth celebrating that even though this sucked, I did acquire intel that I'm going to use. So no mistakes. And that's that ties to that failure is just proof that you're trying kind of idea where it's yeah. Yes. Ooh. Mm. yeah it it also ties into the you know what you're saying your t word which is uh truth and uh, you know i just noted that it's kind of like essentially it's facts versus the stories right yeah. and 
you know, uh, being able to, you know, find the gain or find the truth in what you just did, as opposed to telling a whole bunch of stories about why something didn't work or why you weren't, you know, why anything, the stories versus the actual truth is, is so important as well. That kind of ties into it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. No one ever comes off the water, any of my athletes without me saying, well, what did you do? Well, you know, like you can have an okay race, but what did you do? Well, what do you need to work? Those are the reflection questions we use. Yeah, so beautiful. And speaking about your athletes, I definitely want to hear a little bit about, independent of using the GRIT framework, mm-hmm. recognizing that grit is how we do hard things. What is your, what is your position is the wrong word, but what is your approach to instilling and fostering grit in your athletes? So kind of building what's already there and giving. So instilling, fostering, what is the... How do you build that in your athletes? How do I, how do we work on grit? So, yeah. um, or t- like toughness and strength. Yeah. Is something yeah. We whatever talk the so word is about yeah. in sport, right? Like, and it's so vague, like what is toughness? How do I, how do I get tougher? How do I mm-hmm. build my, my toughness? And, um, there's a coach, Alistair McCaw, who, who wrote a really great book I read and he uses, um, a system, which I think you'll like actually, cause the four C's and I know you love. right? So the four C's for working on mental toughness, according to Alistair McCaw were, um, and these were areas you can work on developing to work, to build your toughness as a whole. They were capacity, um, capability, commitment, and character. So when we talk about what, how do we get tougher as an athlete? How are we developing our capacity? How much we can do our capability what we can do, our commitment, uh, how much time we spend doing it, and, of course, our character. Those are the other things like gratitude, um, just being a, a good person, showing up for ourselves and yeah. for others in, in the world. Yeah. yeah. So that's so why I, I love- break that down. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that response because ultimately in helping your athletes recognize how they do hard things, it's treating them as holistic. You're not, it's not about pumping a certain amount of this, that, or the other, or doing this one activity. That exact description reflects the fact that we do hard things by being complete, by being whole. And that's what everyone needs to hear as often as possible. Totally. And I've seen people with the capability and the commitment and not the character. And that becomes the chokehold, right? Like you need to have well-roundedness to get to the top Mm -hmm. because eventually one of those things will slow you down if you're not focusing on all four. Yeah. And I also love that story because that, or that, that framework, because it's not as though you need to be a high performing athlete to find those things in your life. Any obstacle, whether it's getting to the podium or whether it's getting through this work for the next two years, because I need to get this job done. But I love that, 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 opportunity to really look at again that I am a lot of things and those elements are going to help me do this this hard thing that is inevitable at this point Ooh, Alistair McCaw, got it he's a good one yeah um, we all have we all need to be resilient we all have areas in our life where that require resilience right so toughness mm-hmm. or resilience or grit are is something that we can all work on developing Mm-hmm. Hunter, for so we're talking about competitive athletes and all all kinds of stuff here. But then, and it's so it's very competitive. It's very uh, very, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, I just imagine just adrenaline, just driving, 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 driving. But 
for some reason, I connect you with yoga. I'm not sure if that's right or not, but that's totally right. I'd yeah. love to pull that into the conversation a bit here. Um, cause I know, so if you practice yoga, awesome. That's great. I know Hayes certainly does. And she's a fantastic instructor of it. That's obviously something completely different. And I would love to just hear how that aspect of I don't know, uh, whether it's uh, spirituality or physical or everything, it's uh, the whole package, how how valuable that is and why it's valuable in the uh, to complement the other things you do with your, you know, uh, yourself personally and with your athletes. Just how does how does yoga slide into your life? You know, that's something I, I would love to hear about. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yes, yoga is a big part of my life. Me and Hayes actually met in a teacher training. Um, not I didn't know that. Ago. Okay. Yeah, we were in the same uh, little subgroup called the Bad Asanas. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, great time. Um, I fell into yoga and, and I started at Power Yoga Canada in Oakville that um, is, a, is a quicker flow and, and it felt a little more athletic. And I was in this performance sport mindset that health and fitness – had to grind you down, right? You were to leave right. practice feeling depleted. Um, everything had to be hard. And through yoga and through my teacher training, I really discovered like what becomes possible for you when you drop the struggle, you know, and you and you work from where you are right now. And um, that really changed my own practice, like whatever physical practice I was doing, paddling, yoga, um, do a, a, a bunch of CrossFit and in the gym that shifted all that for me. Um, and then going through the teacher training, seeing people brought into their power every day in the yoga studio, I was like, I need to bring this into sport because we get a lot. We spend a lot of time in not enough in high performance sport. We are always timing mm. ourselves. We're always striving to be stronger, fitter, faster. Right. We're always honing in and focusing on our weak points, our areas to work on. We don't and a lot of times celebrating ourselves for where we are in the moment. And I think yoga really does that quite well. And when you are able to celebrate yourself where you are, you get a lot clearer picture on where you want to go or the, or the next steps to take. Um, and it just feels a lot healthier mindset to be training from. Um, one where you are celebrating yourself and celebrating your own work. Um, and some athletes do this really well. Um, but I think a lot of us, we, we come from, we, we live in not enough, you know, we hang out there for a <laughs> long, long time. Yeah. We live in not good enough and we live in tired, sore muscles and, uh, yoga for me just opened up that, Hey, what about this? You know, it's just that other path that, that I hadn't explored very often. And mm -hmm. truly like my, my practice took off once I tapped into that force and I, I see on the water people. I'm using that language. I'm, I'm trying to end every practice with some feel-good moments or some, some celebration on, on the work that we've done. And I, I feel like it's making a difference with my athletes on the water as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to jump in with one quick example, because I had the pleasure of teaching some of Hunter's athletes in one of my early morning classes on a Friday. And yeah. the beauty of that opportunity was watching these athletes who are accustomed to a certain set of movements and a certain set of opportunities explore <laughs> poses that were not part of their day. So one of the guys rocked handstand hops. You can tell that he'd never done a handstand hop in his life. But once I directed him what to do with what body parts and to kick like he meant it, he was upside down. Down and had no idea that was a thing until he was upside down. So afterward, along what Hunter's conversation was, it was, did you know that was even possible? Did you even 
did you believe that first of all? And he was like, nope. And I said, I saw it. It's true. But on, along those lines of integrating yoga into some of the more repetitive movement activities, we just use so many body parts and so many poses that it's really interesting to watch that, 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 that breadth, that opening of what I'm capable of. Because again, this, this guy had no idea he could do handstand hops, but yeah, he can. Yeah. Yeah. He can. He did. Yeah. And they're, my athletes are incredible. Like they are mm-hmm. such amazing young people and, and so hardworking. But um, like you said, yoga really does a good job of like making you think <clears throat> what's possible. We're never, you're never nearly it. And with any movement, that should be the process, right? Like you're never done. There's, it's not a mountain to be climbed. It's a journey. It's a long journey. So I've known world Olympic champions and they are working on technique and what they can do next, just as much as people who have been having for a few years. So um, bringing that mentality to my athletes that what's possible, what, how can we explore this movement um, has been a game changer. Yeah. That's where mm-hmm. I merged those two things for sure. But also yeah. like with P- uh, Peter, with when I was a younger athlete, we, we didn't have, as much emphasis on sports psychology as I, I think as, we're starting those mm. conversations more. Um, we did the sport. So we were yeah. very physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you mastered your sport. And when you hit that roadblock in your racing or when you broke down because you didn't have those sports psych tools, yeah. that's when we went and we saw a sports psychologist and it was like, band-aid mode like we're going to put you back together yeah, but yeah. i mean we know that that's it's really too late right like we should be developing those tools as we're developing our physical skills so that we're not coming into those roadblocks that's or when we do face those challenges we have like a little bit of a tool belt where we can go oh, okay let me pull up my grit guide and i can use my grit words and, and like that's major I was just thinking, Hunter, when you were saying um, um, a second ago there, you were saying like we're – and that you're referring to elite athletes and athletes in general, but I think it, it, it probably – it applies to basically everybody and especially as we get older. But you said, you know, we get we get so used to living in, with in tired muscles and tired bodies um, and then – and also tired minds, right? Like yeah. mentally exhausted. And that's one of the great things that I just loved doing with uh, – yeah, uh, with Hayes when we were practicing yoga for a little bit there. And I uh, just loved it because it was reaffirming. Like, so physically, I love the physical side of it. And whether I'm feeling good or bad that day is essentially irrelevant because an hour later, I feel completely different than I did an hour before that. And there's very few activities I can think of that are so profound in that difference from one hour to the next. And just that, this, that whole difference of like, and, and just like you're saying with sports psychology, but even if it's not even applied to sports psychology, it's just like our our minds are tired too, right? And yoga just is such a great way to merge it all, right? And whether that's for an, on an athletic level or just uh, yeah. older people that are just feeling they're living in tired muscles, tired bodies, and tired minds. Well, man, yoga has so much to offer, I think, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because it starts that shift too, that like, this is good for you. This mm-hmm. is challenging and this is hard. And why feel depleted when you walk away? Like look yeah. for that feeling of rejuvenation when you walk away. Totally. Because right. a lot of the yeah. tired body and the tired minds is part of our story, right? Like we, yeah. we want to be so busy and we want to tell our friends how busy we are and yeah. we're, we're yeah. packing our day. And that's the tired mind. We are setting ourselves up for the tired mind. Yeah. And for me and my body, it's the same going to the gym. I want to get 
my workout worth. So I wanted my time to be valuable. And for me, for a long time, that meant walking away depleted or, or feeling really worn down and, and, and feeling really tired. So you set yourself up for that result. Amazing. And what I'd love, and I say amazing because it's that opportunity again to question what inputs am I selecting for my foundation? What am I letting in? What am I letting be the direction? And then with those inputs, where's my focus? And when I recognize what I'm putting in, what am I using to combat that? And that's where that whole idea of grit comes in because it's the, we can't always control what we put in or what's available, but it's okay. Here's what's coming. Here's the stimulus. I'm going to respond from a place of, this is what I do when things get difficult. This is what I do in the face of obstacles. I have some place to go in spite of, in the face of, as a result of all the stuff. So I love that you, because again, we could talk about high performance athletes or getting out of bed in the morning. It's the, all right, this is going to be something, but I've got, I have something else. I have something equally available in the face of that mm. something. Yeah. That's so helpful. So powerful. Ooh. <laughs> All right. I'm thinking along the lines of as the coach element now, because I know we've talked in great detail about athletes and about that, that support system. As a coach, what is your favorite part about watching people do hard things, challenging things? What's your favorite part about watching that? Oh my, um, I, ooh, that's a good question because it is definitely like a joy in my life. I love competition. Um, mm. and, and I'm, and I say that, but I'm not the most competitive coach. I have, I know I work with people who are so much more competitive than me. Like they need to win. They love to win yeah. in a healthy mm. way. And I respect that in them. Um, but I am truly, I am truly happy if everybody tries really hard and has a good time. Like I don't, I don't need to, I've never really been that type of athlete. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I mean, that's probably limited me in some ways in, in like getting to that like elite, elite level. Um, and I see that elite level and that competitive hunger. And I'm like, yeah, I love that for you and, and mm -hmm. maybe not for me. So yeah. I think I just love. I love competition. I, I, I love seeing people go up against each other. And, and, and that's what, what comes to mind when I think like hard work is, is a race. Yeah. Is a race. Yeah. Is people in competition bringing out the best in each other by trying to beat each other. Yeah. I say to yeah. my group sometimes, the, the biggest respect you can show your teammates is to try and beat them in practice every single opportunity you can get. Because if we are all pushing each other, we all go faster, right? So yeah. that like healthy, competitive team mentality, yeah. like that is my, mm. that's my favorite part of seeing people work hard is together we all go faster when, when, when we try and we try and take each other down. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that's so, <laughs> that's so straightforward that it's, it's in the effort to, again, to know your grit, know what you're doing, know how you're showing up because that effort to do your best to do your personal record is going to somehow overtake someone who's maybe not tapping into their own abilities. So you've got that piece of oh, what I do, like you're just, yeah, we're all doing it. But as a result of that, we're all driving each other toward who knows where. Totally. And like when we have a group that all is supporting each other in that way, like 
that's the magic. That's where you need, you do need a village. Like if you have that one Olympian, there's usually a story of hundred people behind that one person that got them to that point. So when the whole team together is, is pushing for that top spot, we are all part of that one victory. So I like to wrap up my practices as well with what are you proud of and who are you proud of? We all train together and in a group of sometimes 10 or 11 on the water. um, And it gives the group an opportunity. I am proud of myself today because I did this. I am proud of them today because they did this. And by them doing that, they brought out something better in me. By that person Mm -hmm. pushing me, I was able to go faster. By that person saying, you got this on the rest between sets, I was able to dig a little bit deeper. So acknowledging that everyone is in contribution to everybody's practice. Yeah. And I love that village element as a kind of segue to wrap up because what you've established is that having the community is equally important to having the the skills and the capability and that that cur- the, the character and the commitment and all of and those important elements but tying it back to grit again that whole idea of knowing that there's a community of gritizens out there we have our podcast we have incredible guests like you because we're trying to build up that sense of having these conversations having this whether it's with yourself or whether it's through the website whether it's through any kind of means that way but really speaking to what you do well if you're an athlete if you're a chef if you're a if you're doing things at home that that opportunity to just talk about how you do hard things is creating that element of a village that is really going to help us continue to do hard things so i love that kind of segue in terms of as much as we're focused on high performing athletes we are all high performing in our own athletic effort to just keep showing up and keep Absolutely. doing those hard things so and we all perform community. better in the community that's right so we are all high performance athletes chefs students we are all meant to work in community that's just mm-hmm. how we function as humans and we mm-hmm. are all at our best when we are in the right relationship with each other Ah, oh, so good. Oh my goodness, Peter, any closing thoughts as we celebrate our community of high performance and connection? I feel like so much has happened, but <laughs> Yeah, no, I love it. I'm so the last few minutes I've just certainly been quiet just listening in. I've been uh, I've been isolating in my room for the last week, like literally nonstop uh, for 7 days. I haven't left my 10 foot by 6 foot uh, room. And the other thing, so I've been feeling very isolated, which has been interesting and interesting up here too. And the other thing that has also been really interesting is, um, and this isn't sports related at all, but it was, it's more art related, but it's this, uh, and Hayes and I have talked about this is this feeling of disconnection when you're working so isolated, when you're training by yourself, when you're writing by yourself, when you're doing anything for long periods by yourself you're not necessarily setting yourself up for success. And so, and that penny is starting to drop. And I, and that's really interesting. So to hear you guys talk about it with me just as a fly on the wall right now is really interesting because it's a different context than I've been, than I've been experiencing it uh, recently. But I just think it's so important. I, I really do. And so that's, so just listening to you guys has been, is great for me because it seems seemingly in the last couple of weeks, there's been a bunch of like inputs that have been coming in about community, tribe, whatever you want to call it. Right. But it's just like, you cannot do, you can almost do nothing alone, essentially. Right. And I have been fighting that so hard for a long time. And again, this is just another example of, 
maybe my radar is up right now, but I'm just hearing it from you guys as well. And just like, no, you got to do stuff together. You got to do stuff together and, or at least lots of components of things together. Right. And mm -hmm. uh, maybe the ultimate, maybe the race is a, is a solo activity, but the 97% that got you to the starting line is everybody else. <laughs> so true, That is such a good line. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. So anyway, th thanks, Andrew. That was great. I just really enjoyed listening to that. That was great. Thank awesome. you guys. This and I'm, really I'm going to, I'm going to propose now that we have a starting line for Peter's awareness of that whole element of creating community. So Hunter, we are going to have you back in an undisclosed amount of time to really have this conversation again and bring back, really just focus on community. We talked a lot about grit. Mm this time but really just you know community because i think that's something that everybody would love to hear more about so on behalf of listeners i'm formally committing that we'll have you back and we're going to check in with our peter and with me and with you just to see where we are and what we're growing and how we're continuing to be there for each other and ourselves thank you so much so much thank yes. you Hayes. thanks peter you're so welcome thanks very much Andrew. <laughs> that was super awesome i am uh i've got much more energy and i love it so Hayes, it was wonderful to see you again after a while. Hunter, it was great to meet you. And uh, thanks very much to our listeners for tuning in. And we will talk to you next time. About grit. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Bye. Grow My Grit with your hosts, Hayes Shetmeyer and Peter Willis, is a production of Gritty Guru Company. Technical production by Niall Fines. Music by Peter Willis. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Google, and Spotify. For more information about Hayes' book, Know, Grow, and Show Your Grit, Self-Discovery Made Simple, please visit growmygrit.com. That is, that is going to be a good edit. <laughs> <laughs>